Well, great. We're continuing with our Night of Hope, and I'm here with Mark DuPont, who's become a friend here in San Diego, and just very thankful to have you with well, us, Mark. It's been fun hanging out the last yes. few couple of years. It has been, yes. And, um, well, I'll start that over and uh, throw my phone over there. Um, well, we are here uh, for our Night of Hope, and I'm here with Mark DuPont, who's become a friend here in San Diego, and thanks for joining us, Mark. Really great to have you. Oh, it's a pleasure. Yeah. It's been uh, fun hanging out the last couple of years, and uh, thanks for the invite to be here with your church and the uh, conglomeration of churches. Yes, it's, it's really great, and I've enjoyed our friendship as well. So I've asked Mark to come um, as he's someone that God has used as a prophetic voice really all over the world and in churches, in churches that are more familiar with prophecy and, and some that even aren't, which is an interesting aspect of your ministry. And um, I really just want to invite him to give us some context. You know, um, of course, we see the news. We see these are not easy times and we can't sugarcoat it. You know, I mean, there are, there are economic problems. There are all kinds of health issues people are encountering and issues that wouldn't normally be issues have become issues because people don't have access to basic things that they need. So it's not an easy time, but in the midst of it, God is doing something. And so I thought I'd have Mark share some stories with us on how he's seeing the Holy Spirit at work during these times. So what are you seeing, Mark? What's encouraging you? Uh, well, there's a lot of good stuff happening, you know, despite the fact that we're all in various forms of lockdown. Uh, I got back from my last international trip, uh, I think March 16th. Wow. And where were you? Well, I'd been in England for a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. and then I'd been in uh, Ohio previously, and then I was in Vancouver, Canada. Okay. And the day after I got home is when they shut the border with Canada. Wow. United States, so <laughs> got home just in time. But, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, like a lot of people, I've been doing a lot of Zoom conferences, mm -hmm. church meetings, uh, uh, video conferences uh, around the globe. And despite the fact that there's so much of a fear factor, and I, I know that even many Christians are wrestling with fear right now, there is so much good stuff happening. Mm. Uh, we did a um, one conference uh, that was based out of a church in Korea, South Korea, but went into churches throughout Korea, churches in Indonesia, churches in um, Taiwan, and we had so many uh, good testimonies of healings, even miracles, uh, ears being opened up, and and uh, you know uh, meetings we've done uh, in Canada and in local lawyer here. We had a a gal a few weeks ago we did kind of a prophetic night of worship i gave a few words and we had a gal who's was nine months pregnant at that time i think she's had her baby by now <laughs> but so. uh, she had been on crutches for mm. i guess a couple of months just terrible back and hip pain and she got completely healed you wow. know just watching in her living room so mm. but you know actually uh, more than uh current signs and wonders and manifestations i'm really excited uh Kendall, about the big picture, what's going on, what I what I believe is uh, God's agenda at this mm -hmm. time, or at least the little perception I have of it anyway. I'm really excited. I think this is a, a key time. You know, you when we were praying, you mentioned we're seated with Christ in the heavenlies, mm -hmm. and I think seated at the throne of Christ, there's a completely different perspective mm -hmm. than a lot of us have right now. So just to unpack what you're saying a little bit, for, for maybe if you're not familiar with what Mark's saying. So you've, you've been doing ministry. You had a lot of ministry engagements all over the world. You kept those and you've done them on Zoom. Well, for the most part. Okay, so most of what you could. But we canceled yes. all, the, all the trips. Yeah, canceled obviously. the trips. Yeah. 
And, and so you've been doing some Zoom conferences and there's been testimonies of, you're on one side of the screen, there's people all the way across the world yeah. on the other side of the screen, you're praying and they're experiencing miracles. Yeah. People that couldn't hear are now able to hear, yeah. just like the Bible. And just the power of God is moving even as we're connecting over over well, computers. Well, if you think about the time of Daniel, yeah. you know, the, the king experienced the, the hand writing on the wall. Mm. During the time of the book of Acts, it was not uncommon for mm -hmm. praying for a piece of cloth and that to be taken to sick Fascinating. So uh, video and Zooming and live stream and all of that, that's kind of our our 21st century mode. You know, it's another point of contact. Right. Fascinating. Right. I didn't think it's, about it's it that It's really way. a tool. Yeah, know? that's great. Yeah. So, um, so be encouraged, first of all, if you have a need, God is moving through, through the internet. Um, so then you're saying, hey, what I'm really excited about, although the individual stories are awesome, is there's something bigger that God is unfolding. So, so bring us into that. We're here to hear the big picture of God's hopeful word tonight. Well, I'm gonna to try to condense this. Yes. Uh, what I'm gonna share with you, hopefully in about 10 minutes, Great. Took about 50 minutes in a prophetic conference <laughs> a couple weeks ago. But, uh, you know, uh, prophetically low-hanging uh, fruit on the vine is uh, what a lot of people realized last year, 2020, yeah. year of good vision. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean everything we see is gonna happen this year, but I believe the Lord's wanting to open our eyes. And it's interesting that this Passover, well, what we call Easter in Christendom, was the first Passover for the Jewish people uh, since the very first one in Genesis 12, where the people were commanded to stay in their own home. Wow. And all over the world, you know, obviously we're in lockdown. Mm -hmm. I suspect some people may have broken that a little sure. bit, but it's, this is only the second Passover, the first Easter in all of history where people have been commanded to stay home. And part of the unique directions God gave them in Genesis 12 for that first Passover was to be ready to go. Obviously we celebrate the blood of the lamb. We realize the significance of that, but they were to wear their cloaks. They would have their staff in hand mm -hmm. uh, symbolically. Mm -hmm. They would be ready to go. And we are in the midst of uh, prior to Easter and right now leading up to Pentecost, uh, which I want to talk about in a moment or two, Great. May 31st. Mm -hmm. We are in what I'm referring to as an enforced sabbatical. Enforced. And the whole thing about 2020 is how do we really uh, dial in the eyes of our heart to correctly perceive what the Lord may be showing us? Mm -hmm. I think all of us, a lot of us, myself included, that. Um, you know, even quote, in ministry, mm -hmm. we get into our patterns, we get into our own personal traditions. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, the Lord is really wanting to use this time when a lot of us are forced to stay home or at least cut back on a lot of our activity to really seek Him fresh. Now, we always talk about the value of seeking the Lord, right? That's mm -hmm. just a given. But when we're forced to change, as people call our daily rhythms, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like my wife and I have noticed over the last few weeks, we've been sleeping in longer. We haven't necessarily meant to, mm -hmm. but it's like we're slowly unwinding a bit. Mm -hmm. And um, during the time of uh, the uh, time of the resurrection, the 40 days uh, till the ascension, then the nine or 10 days to Pentecost, mm -hmm. I believe, just like the Lord said to the, the original people about the Passover, be ready to go. The Lord's saying, I believe something, there's really gonna be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Mm. 
uh, this Pentecost and in the seasons ahead. And I think we need to reevaluate what's capturing our energy, what's capturing our passions, what, uh, and, and maybe, maybe take a fresh look at things that some of the things we've been prioritizing uh, have been fine up until this point, but as we get more clear vision by spending mm -hmm. time waiting upon the Lord, relaxing, focusing on family and friends, mm -hmm. you know, uh, get more in tune with what the Lord may be saying. Mm -hmm. um, on another level, uh, I'm very excited about this time. Mm -hmm. um, when the Hebrew people, uh, the second generation, finally crossed over, you know, the first community they came, or first place they came to was called Gilgal. And Gilgal in the Hebrew means full circle, meaning that in the 40 years, the Hebrew people had come full circle. Mm. Uh, since my wife and I moved back to San Diego uh, about five years ago now, uh, we've both been getting repeatedly this sense that the body of Christ in our lives as well, we've come full circle. Mm. And I look back to some pivotal times in the body of Christ, uh, particularly here in California, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, the influence John Wimber and the Vineyard Movement have, uh, not only the teaching on worship and praying for the sick, power evangelism, but there was a real, um, what I would call a Holy Spirit entrepreneurship. A lot of churches began to do things differently to, I don't like using cliches, but began to think outside the box. Yeah. But then uh, my wife and I ended up moving to Toronto, Canada. Mm -hmm in 1992, about a year and a half before the outpouring. Mm -hmm. And during the first week there, we were in a prophetic conference, the Lord gave me an open vision of the throne room. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not someone who gets a lot of those, so mm -hmm. I was pretty spellbound by it. But what was unique about the Father and Jesus in the throne room was the Father was breathing the breath of life, ruach, mm -hmm. the word for spirit in the Hebrew. And as he was breathing forth, I could see things breaking loose in different cities around the globe. The globe was kind of hovering before the throne of God. Mm -hmm. But what was really interesting was Jesus was laughing, this deep, uh, powerful Jewish laugh, not a mocking laugh, mm -hmm. not a ridiculing laugh, but uh, uh, I, I really had the sense he was excited. And then later on I realized out of Psalm 2 yeah. that the Lord laughs, laughs at his enemies mm -hmm. and the nations will be given to him as inheritance. Mm -hmm. and when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit broke out and uh, because that word went on to talk about um, that the Lord said in late 93, early 94, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit will mm. come to Toronto. They'll go to the nations and that certainly took place. Absolutely. And one of the manifestations that I wasn't looking for, although maybe I should have been expecting it, was there was a lot of holy laughter. Right. A lot of people just overwhelmed mm -hmm. and sometimes unable to laugh for unable to stop laughing for hours. And, and, and to my mind, it was a deep down revelation mm -hmm. of the Father's love. Mm -hmm. The joy of the Lord is our strength. But anyway, that was 1992. The outpouring began in uh, early 1994. So just, just to pause there. So people typically don't move from Southern California to Toronto, right? And so you, you were part of obviously all that God was doing here in uh, the late 70s and the 80s and there was just a lot of church growth and extraordinary things and then God called you to Toronto and then as you're describing God prophetically you know you foresaw something and then what we know is in the early 90s there was a move of the spirit in Toronto that just touched so many churches and ministries were birthed out of that 
and um, so you're looking back right now, and there's something about full circle. Right. Okay. Uh huh. Right. Exactly. Which uh, uh, going now back to November of uh -huh. 2006, 16. Okay. During mm -hmm. the time of our presidential election here. Yes. I was actually, I had the privilege of being in Jerusalem. Uh, there was a gathering put on by some friends of mine, and they, uh, amazingly, we had 5,000 people oh, from all over goodness. the globe came to Jerusalem. Wow. We met in a sports arena a little bit outside of Jerusalem where I think the basketball team plays out. They do concerts there. But we had, I think, five nights and four days uh, gathered together and it wasn't your typical conference. We started every session with worship, waiting upon the Lord. Mm. And I was invited to be part of the leadership group, to steering group. And we wouldn't share things unless we, uh, number one, one of us really felt the Lord speaking. And then if we had a consensus yeah. on that. And uh, So this wasn't your typical thing, people flying in, flying out, no. and sharing their message. It was a spirit-led. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. You, you, there's, there was no promises anybody yeah. was uh -huh. going to speak, but mm -hmm. I've, I've known these my, my friends for a long time and wow. a good relationship. Um, but while I was there, I had my second throne room vision, mm. and uh, I ended up sharing that at the final session we did uh, in Jerusalem, and it was similar to the first one that the Father and Jesus were there, and again something was coming forth. From the, from the throne of God, mm. but it was like, it was very different. It was like drops of blood being, being blown horizontally, landing on different cities. And I uh, interpreted that as the blood of the lamb, the mm. compassion of God was gonna have a new impact, new breakthroughs in many cities. Mm. But what's interesting uh, on those cities and churches, ministries that those drops hit, those drops immediately cause fire to spring up. Um, I've been a, a believer for the last maybe 15 years that in coming moves of the Spirit, uh, one of the primary characteristics is going to be a sovereign revelation of the majesty and holiness of Christ mm. Jesus. Uh, I don't want to make a, a radical generalized statement, but to my mind, a lot of the revivals last hundred years in the Western world nations have been about the needs of man, have been about salvation, the word of God, the charisma gifts, mm -hmm. uh, the Father's love. But if we look, for example, at the Outer Hebrides that mm. happened in 1949, the early 50s, that was primarily characterized by just a sovereign revelation of the glory of God. Even many people who didn't know the Lord as they'd come into the communities, you right. know, where revival was happening, they would just be overcome by the manifest presence of God. I love what Duncan Campbell said. He said, revival is a community saturated with the awareness exactly. of God. Exactly. Yeah. It's not simply manifestations, yes. it's not more meetings, uh -huh. but an awareness of God yes. coming to the cities. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we look at some of the things that happened with Finney, uh, uh, John and Charles Wesley, mm -hmm. uh, George Whitfield, uh, it was very much about salvation, but mm. it was characterized by just a deep revelation of the holiness and majesty of Christ. Mm. And when I saw this vision um, in Jerusalem, I felt like this was unto that, mm. that the fire springing up was not just a fire of the gospel uh, and the fire of Pentecost. I believe there will be lots of people saved in the next several years. I believe there will be an increase of healings and miracles. 
but I believe that, as the word says, our God is a consuming fire. Mm -hmm. And just like Isaiah, when he was caught up for the throne of God, he had just such a revelation of the holiness of God. He said, woe unto me, I'm a man of unclean lips. But the angel come and touched his lips with the fire of God. Mm -hmm. And on Pentecost, again, they saw tongues of fire resting upon them. And so um, this whole thing about Gilgal crossing over uh, full circle that for me personally, and I don't, uh, I think we all need to be weary of uh, leery of taking what God's doing us as personally and projecting that in the big picture. But I'm really excited because I believe that just as there are in the late 70s and 80s in a lot of churches, uh, particularly in California, there was a fresh sense of, yeah, let's charge mm -hmm. the hill. And God was giving creative ideas and strategies. Um, we started a church, helped start a church in San Diego at mm -hmm. that time, you know. Uh, but also uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Toronto that took many shapes and forms. We think about what happened in Brownsville in Texas there, or not Texas, Florida. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it was such an incredible move of the Spirit that's still bearing fruit today. Mm -hmm. But um, I really believe that uh, many of us alive today may very well live to see uh, the promise fulfilled, the nations given as an inheritance to Christ before mm -hmm. the return of the Lord. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm not saying everybody's going to be saved. I think the Bible's quite clear in that not everybody will be right. saved. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a growing tension between deep, deepening sin and darkness, mm -hmm. but at the same time, the light of God's glory uh, becoming more and more apparent. Um, and even within the body of Christ, what Malachi said, so you again mm -hmm. distinguish between those who serve God as sons. Mm -hmm. I think uh, there's going to be a growing um, awareness in the body of Christ between, I don't want to say between churches that aren't saved, but between churches that really have the, the, a sense of the wonder of Christ Jesus, and I think people are going to be able to pick up on that. Wow, that's great. But I, but I believe, uh, you know, going right up to, um, uh, here, here's the, the last thing I'll say about this, this gap between uh, when Jesus was resurrected right. mm -hmm. and the ascension. ascension. Uh, hundreds of people, my mind's gone blank, was it 500, 400? it's 500. 500 mm -hmm. people, 500 people. Uh, at least 500 people saw the Lord Jesus. I mm -hmm. believe um, uh, that, uh, Kendall, that during this time, leading up to May 31st, Pentecost mm -hmm. of this year, I believe God's going to be speaking to a lot of people, mm -hmm. some fresh revelation of Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, a fresh wake up to just the wonder yeah. of the Lord. And I'm really excited about this Pentecost uh, Sunday coming up in the end of May. That's awesome. Um, I've been, I've really been meditating on the passage in John 21, it's after the resurrection. Jesus is on the shore, they don't know it's Jesus yet. Yeah. And he, he hollers at them, hey, you know, put your nets down on the other side. And I'm sure they're thinking we've been here all day, but yeah. they did it anyway. Yeah. And then the miraculous catch yeah. comes in. And I, I think it really relates to what you're saying. People seeing the Lord in a new way, Him repositioning them, God bringing in a miraculous harvest. This is something with this Well, that's full, full circle, isn't yes. it? Going all the way back to, what was it, John 5? Yeah, yeah, great point. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. with Peter, first time out in the boat was yes. Jesus, you know. Uh -huh. Great point. Yeah, mm. so, um, Renewal. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, my encouragement would be for those people listening and those churches and church leaders is 
as much as we've got to deal with the stress and the strain of what's <laughs> going on, as you said, it is a serious mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, let's encourage the body of Christ to have God's perspective. Um, uh, you know, politically, people love to say never, never waste a good crisis. <laughs> but I believe that God doesn't necessarily cause every crisis, but he allows things to happen. And it's, it's a time to wake up, not just to the seriousness mm. of the problem and the natural, but what is God up to? What is God doing? And, you know, what appeared to be the worst moment mm -hmm. in all of the history of the universe, Christ, the Son of God, being crucified, or, you know, was just a prelude to yeah. his resurrection and the nations being given to him. So, Is there anything else people can do practically to kind of lean in and open their eyes to what God's doing? Well, you know, I think uh, every preacher in the world always tells us we need to pray more. Uh -huh. But uh, that can be a little bit of, I don't, I don't know, it's a catch-all. Mm -hmm. But I would say in this time, and I know that there are still a lot of people working, but in that we're spending a lot more time at home, um, if I could use this phrase, uh, use some time relaxing with God. Mm. And by that, I don't just mean, okay, I'm gonna read as many chapters in my Bible as I can right now, mm -hmm. or I'm gonna pray for everybody from Aunt Betty and Milwaukee mm -hmm. to you know the Iranian church. And, and that's good, that's important. But uh, spend some time, some downtime with the Lord. Uh, I think about the time when John, who obviously mm -hmm. wrote the book of Revelation, the apostle, there's times when he would just be relaxing, leaning against Jesus' mm -hmm. shoulder. Let's just spend some time, whatever that may look like to you. Um, uh, we were talking before we started that I've had this uh, five-year hobby that's uh -huh. very slow going. I'm rebuilding a 1987 motorcycle mm -hmm. that I, I bought in pieces and it's been very slow going. Mm -hmm. But I had a, an opportunity this morning. I don't get to work on it very often. I just spent about three hours uh, this morning working on it. And just the sense, I'm here with Jesus doing it. And it's not so much what I'm doing, but who I'm doing it with. So uh, not to take away from the great importance of meditating on scriptures and uh, praying through the prayer list and being open to the Lord, speaking new things for prayer. But uh, let, let's spend some time relaxing mm -hmm. with God. Uh, maybe backing off the agenda. Okay, what do we do next? Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of us are A-type personalities. We're driven what's the next task, what's the next goal? Mm -hmm. We can't rest until we're done with that. Well, we're, we're curtailed, aren't we, and what right. we can do right now to a degree. Well, this is amazing, hearing about, you know, you're in Toronto, God gives you, you have kind of this open heaven experience, you know, and the, the renewal of that in 2016. And I'm just thinking of the nations and the cities of the world, you know, the blood of Christ being appropriated over them and for them. And yeah, just the fire and passion of the Holy Spirit coming forth. I mean, that just gives us such a picture of what God is doing in the heavenly realms right now. Yes, there's political challenges. Yes, we need to figure our economy out. There's all kinds of stuff. But, but God is doing something, shaking things spiritually for, a, for an outcome for his people. So I, I really love that. Um, any other final thoughts? Yeah, if I could share just one Great. one passage I'd like to read. Um, uh, let's see, I came back March 16th. What is that, about five weeks ago mm -hmm. now? But while I was ministering, uh, not Toronto, but while I was ministering in Vancouver, mm 
Um, and obviously at that time, everybody's starting to gear up. Uh, everybody in the streets of Vancouver was always starting to wear a mask okay. and do the quarantining stuff. But I felt the Lord uh, speak to me out of Isaiah 49 that we're going to be seeing in the near future, and I don't know exactly what that means. I'm not saying necessarily this year, uh, but we're going to be seeing some tyrants thrown down. Hmm. And I felt specifically the Lord was speaking about the tyrant of communism in hmm. China and the commun uh, I want to word this carefully, the tyrant of religion mm -hmm. in Iraq. Hmm. I'm sorry, Iran. Iran. And um, it's interesting that I think Turkey in the Middle East has now surpassed uh, Iran just yesterday as far as the total amount of deaths. But China, and I don't think we're getting the full story of how many people have actually yeah. uh, gotten sick and died there, uh, neither out of I Iran. But both of those nations have been very, very hard hit. And just to encourage people, the Chinese people are not our enemies. <laughs> uh, the, the Communist Party is different from the Chinese mm -hmm. people. Uh, it's, it's a monster on its own. But in Isaiah 49, starting in verse 22, the Lord says, Behold, they will lift up my hand to the nations and raise my signal to the peoples, and they shall bring your sons in their arms, and your daughters shall be carried on their shoulders. Kings shall be your foster fathers, and queens your nursing mothers. With their faces to the ground, they will bow down to you and lick the dust of your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who wait for me will not be put to shame. Can the prey be taken from the mighty or the captives of the tyrant be rescued? Mm. For thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken and the prey of the tyrant will be rescued. Mm. And you know, in China, billion people or so, and there's 100 million Christians. And the body of Christ is there is coming under a fresh, fresh wave of mm -hmm. persecution the last two years. And even with the coronavirus, they've stepped mm -hmm. up the persecution. But in Iran, uh, as most of us know, there's been a lot of protesting going on the last two years over the economic hardship. But um, uh, for a number of reasons, uh, the Communist Party is very, very precarious right now in mm. China. And I believe about a month ago, the number two uh, leader in Iran, he passed away from, wow. from coronavirus. Mm -hmm. I don't say that with any glee, you know, right. it's not the heart of God that uh -huh. anyone should perish. But my point is that I believe that two countries where there's huge moves of the gospel, both in China and the move of the gospel that's been happening the last three years in Iran, the underground movement there, which is huge, both of their oppressors, their governments, are being hugely challenged right now. Mm -hmm. And I would just encourage uh, your viewers to possibly think about that and pray into that, mm -hmm. uh, about our brothers and sisters in the other side of the world. That's awesome. Yeah, that is an important thing to focus on in this season. Well, I hope you're blessed and encouraged to join us. And thanks so much, Mark. Anything people can do to track with what God's speaking to you during this time, resources, anything that'd be helpful for people? Uh, we're, we're putting a lot out because we, we've got a lot of time yeah. available <laughs> now, but we're not only other churches, but our own ministry, uh, Mark DuPont Ministries. Um, you can go to the website. Uh, the website is actually Mark A, Mark with a C, Mark A DuPont, all one word, ministries. Great. And uh, we'll put a link into to that. It, yeah, so. thank you. Uh, yeah, sure. But also, um, yeah, and uh, there's one thing I would plug if I can Great. segue into that. Um, I've written a number of books, but 
because of the 2008 financial crisis, it hit a lot of people in the States. Uh, what I saw the Lord doing at that time, I wrote a book called Breakdown in Times of Breakthrough. Cool. And actually, breakthrough I, in times of yeah, breakdown. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, that's what you don't want to <laughs> yes. say. We're already good yes. at breakdown yeah, yeah. in times of breakthrough. <laughs> that's right. But the title of the book is Breakthrough in Times of Breakdown. Uh -huh. And it was about when everything is going south, mm. that, uh, you know, God is bigger than that. Psalm 37, verse 18 and 19 say that righteous <clears throat> will prosper even during a time mm. of famine. And uh, because we feel that book is so appropriate for so many right now, we've reduced the price, I think cut it by half on our website, Sweet. and we'd reduce it more if we could, but we're just trying to get it out because a lot of people are struggling with fears, and the book deals with what are the ways of God that we can experience the mm -hmm. promises of God.